Hello, I'm Steve, the retired criminal investigator with the Office of Special Investigations, the Air Force's federal law enforcement agency. I'm Hannah, his daughter, the amateur true crime enthusiast. I have always been fascinated with my dad's job, and I love starting conversations with him to learn more. Join us each week as we share these conversations with you and discuss a real criminal case that piques our interest. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Welcome back to True Crime Archives. Welcome. I was, uh, I was pausing because I was going to make dad do the intro because <laughs> he was off camera um, making fun of how I do my intros. Yeah, let me guess. We got another good one for you. You know what? I want to point out that every single episode, you're the one that says that because you're the one that's making fun of me. Ugh. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, we got another good one for My you. My intro is all, no, it's, this is just all messed up. I'm just going right. to well, jump right Welcome in. back, everybody. Yes. Welcome back. Hello. After our break, right? Yes. This is, that, this is the one after yes, the break. Yes, this is the one after the break. We got a little, uh, little technical difficulty, so um, mm-hmm. we're back. We're back in action. All right, so I'm just going to jump into it since Dad has so rudely taken over <laughs> my introduction. <laughs> All right, so today we are talking about Jody Loomis. She was born June 5th, 1952. She has just one older sister, or she is an older sister, sorry. At the time that this story takes place in 1972, she is studying nursing she is engaged and she's getting ready to, you know, start life. And they, her and her fiance want to work at the same hospital because uh, her fiance worked in the, the medical field as well. And that's where she was going. That's what she was working towards. And on August 23rd, 1972, she is leaving her home on 20 Winsap Road to go to some stables uh, where she keeps her horse. So she likes, she rides horses and she has a horse and she keeps them at a separate stable, which I didn't, I didn't know. Like side note, I thought people who had horses like lived on farms. I didn't know you could have a horse and like keep it in a separate stable. That's interesting that you said that because when we were stationed in South Dakota, they they had a stable on the base. Really? Yeah. And mom and I were talking about, how they, you know, you could have your own horse, but you, and, and it costs very cheap um, yeah. monthly to keep uh, your horses in the stable. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's, it was very that's, cheap. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So that's what Jody is doing. She has uh, her horse in a separate stable. It's not super far away. So she, she lives on Winsap Road and her horse, like the stables are on Stroom Road. She was going north. She was going north on North Road to 164th Street. Did we say where it was at? Didn't I? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you, you, you're saying Winsap Road. Go back to your opening. <laughs> you're saying all this Winsap Road. And I'm like, did you? Did we say where it's at? Washington. Washington. Uh, 20 Winsap Road, Washington. So no, Homish County, Washington. Oh, okay. Is, is there, it's just a county? It's not like a town or something? Yes, no, Homish County. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm pretty sure I'm pronouncing that correctly. Mm-hmm. All right, Washington State. Mm-hmm. So she is going north on North Road to 164th Street towards the Bothell Everett Highway on her bike. So she's riding her bike. She was last seen crossing the highway going up the hill on Penny Creek Road at 5 p.m. by a girl who works at a fruit stand. So mm-hmm. there's like a little fruit stand off the side of the highway. And the stables were only about six miles away from her home, like I said. 
So not very far away. Um, so the last time she is seen is at 5 p.m., like I said. So mm-hmm. 5 30 p.m., a couple, they're only like 19 years old. They are like riding through the woods. They're just riding on like these little ATV things. Mm-hmm. They're going out. Uh, they end up coming across like a fallen tree, like a fallen like branch or it's a piece of wood or something. And something it's blocking that would cause their... them to stop. They have yeah. to get off. So they stop to get out and move it. And they see Jody gasping for air, mostly unclothed. And she had been shot in the head. And this, like I said, is a heavily wooded area uh, off the road. It's like a separate mm-hmm. little trail. Like I said, they were driving like kind of like ATVs, like something similar to ATVs. Yep. And they immediately take her to the Stevens Memorial Hospital, which is in Edmonds. Um, it's about 15 minutes away. Mm-hmm. And Ju- Jody is pronounced dead on arrival. So this is where she's found is about half a mile away from the fruit stand. Mm-hmm. So this this whole crime is everything happened like within 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. It was very close. I hadn't even thought about that before. They yeah. By the time this couple found her, like she was still alive. Yeah. So he like. The person, the murderer, had literally just been there. They, like, just missed him. Right. If she was last seen. At 5. At 5. And it's only half a mile away and at 5.30, like 30 even minutes. If, even if the witness was 30 minutes off, an, an hour still, that's still close. Yeah. But so, she didn't make it, unfortunately. Right. So she's pronounced dead on arrival at the hospital. The police arrived to the hospital to talk to the witnesses who found her, who brought her to the hospital, which like, wow, awesome on them to think mm-hmm. to immediately take her. Yeah, they just grabbed her, mm-hmm. from what I understand. They didn't note the condition, which she was not clothed. They just grabbed her and said, let's let's get her to the um, to the hospital. Yeah. And the show that you, the episode that you can watch on this, the the girl, the woman who found them actually found her actually said that she was, like, holding her head up in the car, like, in the backseat, trying to help Mm -hmm. her breathe because she was, like, trying to help her. Yeah. So sad. Good people. Yeah, absolutely. So the police arrive to talk to them, and they obviously want to go back to the crime scene. They want to see where this happens. So the couple take the police back to the crime scene. Mm -hmm. And so, obviously, they're going to, like, you know, tape it off, right? That's the first thing they do. Yeah, they're going to block off a, a a large section. And start... Collecting Start evidence. Their, their pro- investigation. Pro- processing right? the crime scene. Right. Which is part of the investigation, right? It's right. usually the first part of the investigation. Yep. So one of the first things that they really look at is bullet trajectory. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can basically tell, I think, from from how she was, like, from where she was shot, but also from, like, where mm-hmm. they pointed to where she was laying and everything, that she was seating or seated. They said it was execution style. So the bullet entered her head downward. Um, and then, so right, so at the hospital, so they probably hadn't done an autopsy yet, obviously. Right. But at the hospital, the the detectives are in there, and they're they're getting a quick assessment, and they can tell entry and exit wound, right, of a bullet. On top of being at the crime scene, yeah, the casings where oh, you, you know hadn't where got she that was far, far yet, right? It, oh. That's what I was just saying. That's yeah, just, you, right. That's, I guess, they were examining everything to find the trajectory. Yeah, I guess what. I, I guess what I was trying to say is a lot of this, this is probably slowing way down now. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. A lot of this is pieced together. um, But okay, so they're at the crime scene now. And what do they find? So they find her bike. Uh, They collected Mm -hmm. a pant clip 
which I guess mm-hmm. is goes on your pants to make it not get like stuck in the bike. Oh yeah, we used to do like um, rubber bands. Oh. Or I didn't do any. If, if you look at pictures, <laughs> maybe I find some pictures of me growing up in the seventies. And I you, have one. And if you, you want a bike, yeah. So, <laughs> and you, or you would roll up. You'd see people riding around with one pant leg rolled up and the other one not because you didn't That's have funny. like a chain. It was like the caught in the chain. Yeah. The only time that I really was into riding a bike and I rode consistently like a lot was in Okinawa and it was yeah. hot, so I was always yeah. Really you, I think that's probably why you didn't. <laughs> Because we lived there for well, you were growing up, so it was really hot. Yeah, so I didn't never wear like jeans. Yeah, so that's what they're okay. collecting, right? They're and they're gonna start canvassing the area and talking to neighbors. While they're doing that, though, the pathologist is, you know, doing her their exam, and they do uh, determine that there was a sexual assault uh-huh. that occurred. It, so that's 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 right. They. There's a couple things going on. The pathologist mm-hmm. is now starting to to do her thing, and the detectives are overdoing their thing. They're communicating, so they get we present we present the case as it happened all at the same time. Right. Uh, but crime scenes. I think I've mentioned this actually just recently that they they take a long long time to process. So yes, understandably so. Okay. So she, they they determined she was sexually assaulted, and she had a gunshot wound that went from where the back of her head downward downward yeah. okay mm-hmm. so now they're gonna start canvassing the area talking to neighbors because mm-hmm. this is still like this is a heavily wooded area but there are still houses in the surrounding yeah. area there's still like it's kind of like a neighborhood there's a house that's like half a mile away from the crime scene mm-hmm. no gunshots heard yeah and i'm I'm telling you right now, so so that's important, mm-hmm. right? And the detectives are at this place, and they're probably thinking how you described it. They're probably thinking, uh, you have to know, you probably know this area. Mm-hmm. You probably know this area, I think, is probably what's going through their mind, too. So maybe someone familiar with the area. it's a heavily wooded area. Right, right. Off the beaten path. Right. Okay, and... So they've identified where the body was and the half a mile away you said it was the house? Half a mile away. And they heard no gunshots. Yeah. So what do you think? You think they're lying? So what kind of gun As is an it? investigator, what do you think? No. So, well, first of all, let's back up. What kind of, um? do they know what kind of bullet it was? Not yet, but okay. I can tell you right now what it is, but we haven't gotten there yet. Okay. So as an investigator, you don't know what kind of gun it is okay. yet. What so, do you think? So if they hadn't heard anything, now what you're thinking is... They just didn't hear anything, or maybe that's not where the crime occurred. Or they're involved. Or they're involved. But I I would have a tendency to believe that because this area is a place that I think the detectives probably thought someone needed to know mm-hmm. and to dump a body and that maybe they didn't hear any any um, uh, gunshot, that maybe it didn't happen there. Yeah, but, but she was still alive like mm-hmm. when they found her, so it had to have happened there. Okay, I, they, I, I don't. You think someone would have dumped? I, this is terrible verbiage. I hate saying this, talking about a person. But do you, you, you think no, that just, a, a bad person would have dumped a live person? Well, no, we we haven't finished talking about the crime scene yet. So I'm just kind of going along with you, your questions you're asking me. You know, mm-hmm. so this is what you're thinking initially. So they're talking to those people. Say I didn't hear anything. But what are they? What what have they found? Nothing, really. Nothing? Did they find blood? No. 
So do we know if she was dumped there or do we know if... I mean, there's tire track marks. Yeah. I was going to get there next. Yeah, so... There's tire track marks, but they can't tell if it belongs to the couple that found her or from her because of her bike or if it belongs to someone else. There's really not a whole lot at this this area. Unfortunately, those... With two people in the house, you said... It didn't say how many um, people were in the house. Y- you don't got much to go on. I mean, you could you could do, uh, um, y- you know, you're gonna ID them and see who you're talking to, and you can do a, a warrant check, a wants and warrants check to to see if they have a criminal history and stuff. Yeah. But obviously, they probably did that. They probably you can tell who you're dealing with and what type of neighborhood it is. Probably they probably ruled them out relatively quick. Um, I, you know, it depends on what type of gun too. You know. We will get there. You know, I think we talked about this before. I, you know, just sitting here in my house, how many times we hear noises outside that sound like gunshots, you know? Yeah. Was it? Th- there was one episode that we talked about with, uh, with gunshots, hand yeah. gunshots that I mentioned. Yeah. And, and gunshots aren't always, it's not like Oh, That's what like you were, TV. You, you were saying that they sound like a pop or yeah, something. You pop, were describing, you know, yeah. It's not, it's not really, it's pop. It's not, you know, um, so... And somebody not familiar with guns too may not have associated it with guns. It depends yeah. how close you are and stuff. So there's a lot of variables. They probably questioned and chatted with those folks for a, a little bit. When I lived in Vegas, I lived in not a great area, mm-hmm. and yet to me, I can't tell the difference between gunshots and like fireworks or anything. So, mm-hmm. but there was constant noise, and I never knew what it was. Anytime yeah. Brian was there, though, he was like, "No, that was a gunshot." Yeah, but and I believed him because yeah. But if it's a shotgun, it's different. It's loud. Yeah. You know, it's different. It depends. So, what kind of gunshot are we look, looking okay. for? Hold on. All right, getting all there. Right, all right, all right. So, while this is going on, we're going to talk about some suspects now. So, while they're there canvassing the area, mm-hmm. they've got it blocked off. There's a father and a son who happen to just bump into them. Ah. They're out in the woods getting firewood is what they say. And they just happen to bump into the police, which is like kind of weird because like, how did you just happen to bump? Yeah, in that's here? a that's a problem. That's more of a problem for me than the people in the house. Right. They had chainsaws with them and other tools because they're they're out collecting firewood is what they tell the police. But it's still weird to the police because like they're already the police are already off in like a far off location. Like I said, deep into the yeah, woods. Where? Where did they live? Did they say? Did we find out where they lived? So they owned a lot of that property that ah, the police are on and the okay. surrounding property. They actually owned right. a lot of it. So the police end up questioning them. They confirm their alibi and th- then they're cleared. But it is strange to them at first. Yeah. And you know, um, bad guys are, it, it's not uncommon for bad guys to show back up mm-hmm. at the scene of the crime. Right. You know, I learned that from TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it, it is. I think we're we're gonna in the next couple of weeks we got a case coming up. Uh, I think where where there was a funeral and the uh, or a service without a body, and then the, there was undercover cops everywhere. Uh, yeah. Are you talking about the one that we messed up? And I don't, uh, so I have known nothing about that. Yeah, one? yeah, pro- probably that case. I don't know. <laughs> I had one, we have a case coming up, but yeah, because we messed so, up again. <laughs> so, um, yeah. It's not un- it's not uncommon, um, especially if the if a crowd shows up or, or something. It's not it's not uncommon, especially for serial killers and things. That's a whole different ball game for them. So, uh, Which is so just weird to have 
these two to show up. Oh, that that was probably uh, alarming to say the least to the detectives or the crime scene folks, and they probably just sat there and went through the field interview for a while, for a few minutes, yeah, to, to rule them out. But they, how did they rule them out again? They just—it just says that they confirmed their alibis and cleared them. Mm. So okay. I'm sure so that they, had they alibis. went. Alibis, okay, yeah. I'm sure. Well, that yeah, that well, that they owned the the land and that they oh, were out okay. just getting. I'm sure they went back to their house and they saw where they lived. I'm sure they they talked to someone or they followed up with them owning I, that piece of land. I mean, you definitely document. You take mm-hmm. their name and all that and social date of birth, all that. Take their name. Yeah, that'll come in. The yeah, place you definitely. Too. Yeah, you definitely grab all that mm-hmm. and pres- so so part of being at a crime scene is to preserve evidence right and that's it's evidence to some degree right it's mm-hmm. information so you grab that and you secure that you don't want to be the one in the around the conference room table and the boss says so who are those two people you talked to that just showed up in the middle of the woods with chainsaws and everybody looks at each other <laughs> no you don't want to be so yeah you would you would document that and you would grab that information and hold on to it ah cool Mm-hmm. So, okay, so while this is all going on, uh, they still actually haven't even identified Jody. So to the police, she's still technically, as we called earlier, Jane Doe. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until later that night that Jody's father ends up reporting her missing. Yeah. And he's like describing her to the police and they're like, oh, no, that sounds exactly like the girl that we found. Mm-hmm. It's kind of going cold. Like I said, like there's not a whole lot of information. It's kind of going nowhere. So the police, Snohomish County uh, police, get the FBI involved. They reach out to the FBI. They send over the evidence. The FBI is actually the one who is able to point out that the gun um, is a 22 caliber, so 22. They examine the bike also, but they find nothing of interest on mm-hmm. the bike. So the bike is kind of like yeah, a, a 22 is a is a. Is a you know, is is not would that loud. Would it have loud. made a sound? Yeah, it would have. Would have echoed probably, but it could have sounded like a firecracker or, or something else, a backfire of a vehicle. Could have sounded, yeah. you know, a wooded area. Yeah, too. Kind of tree. A lot of don't. A lot of like trees and stuff muffle sounds mm, too. Yeah, that's possible. I would need to see the uh, the area. What time of the year was this again? This is August, so it's thick. It's yeah, it's August twenty third, nineteen seventy two. Mm-hmm. So it's that's so August in, in Washington. That's thick. Yeah, that the trees are thick, the bushes. So it probably would have muffled it a bit. Yeah, it, it's it's possible. Yeah, especially too if like the people were cooking, if the TV wasn't. Yeah, TV was, was on. TV? Yeah, TV. When was TV? <laughs> when was TV? <laughs> I had to think for, loser. Oh, this is seventy two. I was thinking when she was born. Okay, seventy two. We're good. Yeah, <laughs> TV could have been on. Yeah, was TV it still black on. and gray then? Shut up. <laughs> Although I'm not sure when nine one one came in. So. Um, I mean, them taking her to the hospital was pretty good, though. I just heard that the other day, and I can't remember. I'd have to look it up. I literally are going to mm-hmm. Google it. Yeah, I, I will in a second. We we because this keeps coming up, and and I remember growing up when it when it first came in. You know what I mean? Oh, you're old enough to remember nine nine one one being a thing. Yeah. Hold on, I, I got it. Since we're since we're on the. <laughs> what does it say? Well, it so it was advanced nine one one. Because telephone, national emergency telephone numbers began in the 30s, right? Yeah, but the wow. first 911 call was made in Alabama in 1968. Wow. Uh, then in Canada, it was adopted in 1972. And the first 911 call occurred after 
1974 in Ontario, London, Ontario. So I think it wasn't it wasn't across the board. So what I'm looking for, and I can't really, uh, we'll, we'll find it. We'll have it for another episode. We'll put it on the we'll put it on the um, Instagram. At, at some point, it became a national thing, and right. it might have been right around this time. Maybe that's probably maybe, why you remember maybe, it. Maybe maybe later than this. So uh, okay. Anyway, we went but off on a tangent. No, I'm just. It doesn't surprise me. Pe- people are conditioned. They didn't hear like it. nowadays, you'd get on your cell phone and you'd start calling for um for nine one one, right? Right. But this couple thought to just throw throw in a car and go to the hospital. But that's that wasn't uncommon. That that's how you thought in those days. Right. So okay. So yeah, it's kind of going nowhere right now. They kind of hit a wall until two members of a local gang start going around bragging about killing a girl who had a white 10-speed bike, which, by the way, I don't mm-hmm. think I mentioned that the bike she had was a white 10-speed bike. All Sorry, right. guys. A 10-speed. Does everybody know what a 10-speed is? Mm, just a regular bike from the 70s. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly my <laughs> like, point. Like, go look up at any old picture. Yeah, I had one. They were cool. <laughs> anyway. Which, like I said, is the same as her. They say they're they're going around, you know, bragging about killing her. But they're also like, oh, man, we should have sold that bike instead of throwing it away. Uh, And one of those members, one of the gang members actually owned a 22 caliber handgun. Mm -hmm. His handgun is sent to the FBI for them to test it and, you know, like do the compare testing against the bullets that they had. And it was determined to not be the same gun. So was not a match. Yeah. So they're kind of they're they're not necessarily cleared, yeah. but they're not like un you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. They're just they're they're gonna they're right they <laughs> can't talk. So bu- they're oh. gonna write their names down and hold on to their names. Did they have a bullet? I can't remember. Did they recover a bullet? Yes, they do. That comes into play soon too. Oh. It's important. Because we were talking about the crime scene. I I'm they, d- I said they recovered a a bullet. Oh, they d- okay. They yeah. recovered a bullet, right? Mm-hmm. So they have a bullet. Was it, what else did they recover from the crime scene? Did they the bike and the pant clip, uh, and that's it. And then they have a DNA swab uh, right. from her body, body and clothes. I think so. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, right. You're they, on track. Yeah, we're we're good. I just okay. want to. I I like to remind everybody mm-hmm. what the evidence is, so we can talk about it. Okay. So now, cold case. It's a cold case yeah. for it's going to end up being a cold case for forty seven years mm-hmm. is the entire total the entire yeah. uh, total of time. However, in two thousand eight, wait, what is this a genealogy situation? Yeah, did I oh. not? You know what? You know what? <laughs> I didn't mention that in the beginning because somebody <laughs> I somebody interrupted <laughs> my thought okay. process. All right, all right, all right. We'll get I have there. a method to my madness of how I introduce in, introduct <laughs> do our intro. I can't talk Introduced. tonight introduce our episodes right everybody listened and probably already knew that anyways that it was going to be a genealogy listen though i did a poll Mm -hmm. while we were gone and i asked if they were sick and tired of hearing us talk about genetic genealogy and pretty much everyone that answered everyone said no that they loved it yeah (laughs) so we're good we're in the clear we got the evidence we got no suspect we got a cold case yes 2008 lead detective jim sharf of the snohomish county sheriff's office is going to reopen this case. Now, their goal with this thing is to solve cold cases. They they want to sit down and say, mm-hmm. let's let's get this stuff solved. Let's close these cases. Mm-hmm. Let's bring justice for all these victims. Let's put some bad people away. Mm-hmm. But what type of cases are going to probably be the easiest to test or to solve 
in 2008 D- with DNA, DNA cases, right? right. So rape cases. Uh, rape cases, yeah. Yes. So well, because they because they usually have DNA. Right. They right, they would cl- as we remind our listeners who are probably smarter on this now than us. They collected DNA for other reasons back in the day. Yeah. 47 uh, years ago. You know, ago. blood type, mm-hmm. that th- different reasons. But now in 2008 they opened no. it up yeah, so in 2008, uh, her case, Jody's case. So their case focus was DNA focused. Right. What so can we solve? Right. So they looked at rape cases first. That was where they started. Let's let's start cranking these cases out and mm-hmm. solving them with DNA. They send in. That was a murder case. Right. A murder case with with rape. Right. Yeah. But it, because sh- it mm-hmm. was also it, rape was involved, yeah. it was yeah. in their file. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. They send in the boots. That were that she was she had been wearing that day to be tested, mm, and for the first time they noticed that there was actually a stain a on the boots that they extract for DNA. Now, what I want to mention at the same time as this, the reason that they're only sending this in is because they're missing the swabs from her, the DNA swabs that they took from yep. the pathologist took when they realized that she had been raped. They're also missing the bike and they're missing the bullet. So they're missing at somehow between 1972 and 2008. The these pieces of evidence have disappeared. Yeah. Missing the bullet's a problem, too, because mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. only would the DNA pop up, but but you can test the like, gun. Yeah. Yeah. Like any anytime mm-hmm. guns show up in crimes and things like that, you know, yeah. Yeah. I no idea how they're missing. Well, there uh, there was very little evidence I in this case. I think you talked to me about that before, and and anything could happen. Like, did we have to understand the history of the police department? Did they move buildings in forty five years? Did they have a flood? You know, what's up, Washington? Was there a big storm? And and did are they close to the water? Did the building collapse or burn down? You know what I mean? Or Maybe. did they just have sloppy? Evidence from custodians or something. You know, there's mm. there's several different reasons why this could have happened. Or yeah. did did it? I yeah. Did did they just decide to get rid of it once they dispose of it? I I don't know. What, mm-hmm. You know. Um. So yeah, there's many reasons. That's that's not good. But they have a boot. But yes, they have the boot. So he uh, Jim Sharf sends the boot out, and they for the first time notice that there's like this stain. So they're like, let's test it anyway. Yeah. And it does turn out to be semen, which like one in a million right there that they just happened to notice the stain after so many years. And it just yeah. happens to be DNA. You, you don't, you just don't know. Right. I told yeah. you, I, I, uh, I ran one of these types of cases, a sex assault case, and it allegedly happened in the car. And we were, we had the car, uh, roped off, seized, and there was a stain in the back of the um, seat. I cut, I cut the seat out right in the middle. I mm-hmm. cut the, the big swatch of the seat out. I think it turned out to be like coke or something like that. Yeah, but so good you thing just, that you. Yeah, you just yeah. never, you just never know. Rather, better to be safe than sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they go back and test it against. Uh, they're going to test this DNA against their suspects. So they're going to go back and test that father and son. Just you know, cover their bases. Because how many times before have people been cleared, and then it turns mm-hmm. out that they were really the murderers? They go back. Our to last case was like that, wasn't it? No, it was one of the recent ones oh, we did. It yeah. was. It was. It was Pitchfork. Yeah, he okay. had been. Yeah. He had been um, interviewed yeah, in the first. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's it was right. him. 
Uh, but it, that happens all the time. We see that all mm-hmm. the time. Because, again, they go back to mm-hmm. the crime scene, like you said. So they're going to go back also and test the two biker gang members. Uh-huh. Couldn't think of the word. Right. So remember, anybody's name they have. Remember mm-hmm. I talked about... Yep, they wrote down their names. They, they documented their names. So it's in the report. So they just have to go to the report and say, okay, let's start lining these people up and rule them out again. Yep. They also put it through CODIS and there's no match in yeah. CODIS. And this is going to, again, for another 10 years, go cold after they have no matches. That's mm-hmm. kind of, you know, they've hit another dead end. But at least they have this DNA now. They're going to continue yeah. testing So they it. have a profile. Right. So that's in 2008. Right. And then we're going to So f- DNA is still forward. pretty cool, but not quite as cool as 2018. 2018. <laughs> <laughs> that's the year. Yeah. This yeah. The Golden State Killer is that yeah, case yeah. is going to be more infamous yep. for a lot of years coming for a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, 2018, the Golden State Killer case is solved using genetic genealogy, as you guys know, as we say that every time. So Parabon Nanolabs, they're going to they're going to take the DNA. They're going to it's going to be Deb Stone is the independent genealogist. So it's not CC more this time. Deb Stone is yep. the gene- genealogist who comes in and works on the case and she identifies six sons of a couple in Edmonds if you remember earlier I said Edmonds Washington is where the hospital was that Mm -hmm. Jody was taken to Um, one being Terrence Miller so there's six sons that she has to go through and we've talked about this before kind of how she how they you know independent genealogists go through and figure out who the suspect is is they look at each person's background right well first the the genealogist says here here police oh it's the police that do it sorry 100 percent sick these six these six Mm -hmm. people are are familial right right the with the dna it's a dna match essentially so now the police they're excited but they gotta now they have six new suspects they have six new suspects Mm -hmm. but how do you like now where do you start on because you you know where we're going like they have to get some dna from one of these uh persons but it's easier to get dna from one person yeah. rather than six so uh, let's rule some people out right yeah uh, yeah oh it's it's easy now you know, you get you, you like you're <laughs> well i'm just saying you're, you're, is it not you're, easier you're, 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 remember we talked about yeah you throw dna everywhere. common sense yeah. work smarter not harder it's i feel like right. it's easier to take so to try and get dna you know you're following less people have to follow one person than to follow yeah. six people all right when so across the terrence miller is the guy that has a criminal background. He lived in the area in 1972 and again in ni- 2019 when now... So we've skipped ahead a little bit. 2018 is when the DNA is assessed. 2019 is now where they're going yeah. through these six. So well, it probably took them. it probably took them right. a while. So 1972 and 2019, Terrence Miller, who is one of the six sons of the Edmund couple, uh, he lived in that area in those years. Yep, and he been has a, a criminal sheet since he was 15 years old. Since the 1960s, yeah. he has prior sex crimes. He has charges for incest and rape. Uh, most of the charges were dropped or never followed yeah. through, though. Five, did you say five times since the 60s? Yes. Uh, he exposed himself to a 17-year-old girl in 68. Yeah. Um, he was also married to a 14-year-old girl when he was 18. Yeah. So. Uh, so, and, and all the other five... We can assume, because th- that's all privacy stuff, though. You can't get those other five. We yeah. can assume that they they had nothing. And this is a sex crime. And we know that she was sexually assaulted before she was, or, or 
at the time she was murdered. Mm-hmm. So, incidentally, uh, this is the second time that this county used genealogy. Oh, that's right. On a case, yeah. yes, and, I remember anyways. you saying that. Yeah. Okay. So his construction they, site, also by the way, where he worked, was very, very close to where her body was found. So he did pretty much know the area, is what they're gathering. Yeah. So okay, let's focus on this guy. So what are they going to do? They're going to they're, they're going to start put, to follow him. Yeah. They're going to they're going to put together a team. Oh, this is the one with their home and the ceramic shop. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the the narcotics task force surveilled him. Interesting. The mm-hmm. Narcotics Task Force. Yeah, and I got I didn't look. We were talking about this offline. I didn't look to see how big this the sheriff's department was. It's possible that the Narcotics Task Force is the 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 team that's trained specifically in surveillance, more more right detailed than anybody else. Maybe they have. Other detailees from like the uh, DEA or other police departments. So it, it's probably a larger group of people. And maybe they're just the ones that, that assist in, in surveillance. There was nothing important. And this was an important case. So they got... Uh, that's that's why. Because I don't see anything where he was into into drugs. You know, right. Also, also, you know, Narcotics Task Force, they have the, the best informants too. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it just mm-hmm. could be the body of... Of cops that that are that are available to to do this makes so, sense makes sense. Yep. So what do they do? So, uh, 2018, November 2018, to a couple under oh, I cannot talk today. A couple undercover detectives go to Miller's Terrence Miller's home, mm-hmm. but he runs him and his wife own and run a ceramic shop out of his out of their home. They have like a, a shed in the back or something or yeah. something like that or a store or something. Mm-hmm. And while the undercover cops are there, they actually notice uh, a May 5th, 2018 issue of the Everett Herald newspaper talking about a cold case that was solved using genetic genealogy from 1987. So I'm assuming that's the first case that you were talking about yeah. when you mentioned that. Yeah. So it's it's interesting to them. Why why is that? Why does that peak? peak well, why is that interesting to an investigator? Well, because... It suggests that he's reading the newspaper, and it was open to that page, right? Mm-hmm. And this is—I'm sorry, this is November of 2018. I think I said that. Yeah. The issue was from May of 2018. Right. So it was already seven months old, right? Mm-hmm. So they—they just—you know—they're trying to collect information and understand who this person is, and and, mm-hmm. and they look down and they see a seven-month-old paper, and it just happens to be the one about uh, genealogy solving solving crimes. So to them, that suggests that. Maybe this is the guy because he's he's interested in in this paper. It's not like they saw a whole bunch of papers piled up, like that was his afternoon thing he did while he's working in his shop. Re- read the paper. They this is one paper and it was seven months old, right? So that's that's adding more information to the, to their background. That that's you know giving them more cause to believe that he's probably definitely the guy and they're on the right track. So let's keep. Let, let's keep investigating. Let's keep following up on this guy. Right. So let's when, go collect DNA. Well, <clears throat> and and how do you do that? Do you remember how you do that? Yes. Well, uh, my computer is. I remember last. Remember I switched them. So mm-hmm. August. I'm actually gonna backtrack a little bit. They already collected the DNA by the time they had done this in November. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, do you remember yeah, when yeah, I no, switched? That's, uh, that's my fine. computer didn't save. The the, the, the story is still the same, right? Right. Uh, but. 
So they so were, they they did have the DNA. Right. Okay, but how do you remember how the way you have to get DNA? A search warrant or consent or or follow that. Or when when they abandon it. Right. Right. Which is what they're hoping to get from him. Yeah, because remember, you know, they don't really necessarily, they don't have probable cause, right? Although I wonder, I wonder five years from now. I was just going to say that. I wonder five years from now if genealogy is statistically 100%, mm-hmm. if that can be probable cause. It, it, it could very well. It, what yeah. it'll take is it'll take someone, a lawyer and a cop, to put it in a warrant and a judge to approve it. And then a court on, on a on, very good a court on appeal to say yeah you. uphold it. But I wonder if if eventually it, computer crimes went that mm-hmm. way. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're just certain things that you that, that eventually you, you got used to. And you, you hey look at bad guys use computers, so we they're a bad guy. We want to search their their computer. I mean, I'm surprised it's DNA. Like I understand mm-hmm. the way that you get it is mm-hmm. because family members put their DNA into the database. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's still DNA. So that is interesting to me. Right. That there is so much. Because that's there's so little that you can. Uh, argue against you can't it's DNA is irrefutable evidence right you can't argue that so so it's interesting right so they have to go and and they don't want to but because it's coming from family mm-hmm. members right yeah I don't know if that's 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 the point though right mm-hmm. they're, they're saying this this guy is connected now here's the other thing remember there's technically six people right, right? So that would have probably killed their probable cause. Right. Because the lawyer can say, what about those other five? Did you mm-hmm. test those other five? So if you if you felt like you wanted to get a warrant, you'd have to get five of or six of them, right? So in this right. case, like, oh, we got six. We believe it's this guy. Let's keep investigating and let's keep following. Now they could knock on his door and say, hey, you want to give you a DNA? We think you killed someone. And what's the likelihood? Or they could say we're eliminating people. Remember, we've talked about that before. Yeah, right. And and he could say nope, nope, pound sand. Or in this case, if if you think about all those things, let's follow him, let's surveil him, and let's see if he discards some sort of DNA. Now they probably they probably surveil him. They're probably trying to identify: does he smoke? Where does he hang out? Because mm-hmm. you know, so cigarettes. In food places, probably right anywhere your lips touch, like a, a soda, a bottle, a cup, or something, something like that. We've done a couple of these, right? With a, yeah, I love the coffee cup in McDonald's one time, the yeah. cigarette butt on the we've talked on, about on the, the ground. So, thing, yeah. so that's that's their own that's their option right now. It, that that's their option right. to continue. Okay, so and we know it. So, like me putting the November 2018 thing first is fine because we know the point is is that we know that he's been kind mm-hmm. of keeping up with the news. Yeah. So he's been paying attention and they follow him for a while. Like they're, they're mm-hmm. following him that whole year, basically. And in August, they actually they're the ones when you're reading the articles about it. The police officers, the detectives say, mm. oh, he slipped up because <laughs> yeah. he had been paying attention. So they follow him to to Tula- Tulip Resort Casino. Mm-hmm. And, and this is August of 2018. And. He throws away a coffee cup. He, he got comfortable. Yep. And he threw away a coffee cup. He'd been doing real good because he he paid attention. He knew mm-hmm. he was like, I gotta not. But he yeah he and threw away. And remember, 
they had somebody on that. He threw it in the trash can. They had somebody right. on that trash. And lucky and for them, they're in a casino. There's cameras. Yeah, they had, well, that's a good point, too. I totally yeah. forgot about that. Uh, so, so they yeah, can say, so look, they, we picked it so up right after it. he threw it. Yeah, they grabbed it. And they're gonna they're gonna swear uh, um, in court testimony that he dr- they watched him drop it and they picked it up and then they and then they go and and send it to the lab right yes now so as a reminder because we did this a little backwards August of 2018 2019 sorry August is uh, when they pick up his sorry August of 2018 is when they pick up his DNA okay mm-hmm. that's when they pick up his DNA November of 2018 is when they go. To his home. Mm-hmm. So they're just, they're still surveilling him. They're waiting, they're for, waiting the for the to DNA to come, come back. back. Okay. Right, right. It's, it's not clear when exactly the DNA comes back, but he is arrested. Terrence Miller is arrested April of 2019. During a traffic stop, he's arrested. Yeah, they manufactured it. That's all it says. It was said during yeah, a traffic stop. Yeah, they manufactured stop. it. I don't know. Why couldn't they just go to his home? Why did they have to do it during a traffic stop? They probably, it's just probably easier. So, yeah, you're right. What the piece we don't know is, so they surveilled him. So they know his pattern of life. Right. Right. And they probably know religiously every day at this time he left and went to this location. Maybe it was going to be, they thought it would be easier yeah. to take him. Yeah. You want to, um, remember easy, this yeah. is a, this is a guy that killed some, somebody back in the 70s. Who knows how many other people he's killed, Right. Right. Um, and, and he killed him with a gun and raped her. So they, you want to be careful. You just don't know how people are going to act. And the background is probably, the background, he's got criminal history. Right. Right? Now, I don't know, what we don't know is if he owned a, a gun. Right. So they don't have that. But they know that. It doesn't say, at least. That's no, not in any of the information No, but they know he used the gun. So, so they're going to probably take, take caution. Hey, if he goes out every single day and drives down here, and stops mm-hmm. at this location. We did another case like this, right? They'll just just do that. Well, just it's older people. They've got their habits. They've yeah. got their yeah. So yep. so they just ha- and they can pull them over. It's pretextual mm-hmm. because they have a warrant now, probably a warrant for his arrest because they know they watched him. Somebody that they've been surveilling how many months, right? Right, like the whole year. They know him for a year. They watched him get in this vehicle and they watched him drive this way. So they can pull him over because they they have a warrant for his arrest. So so he is arrested. Uh, bail is set at a million dollars. Yeah, he makes that bail. Uh, I do want to say though, it it was originally set at like seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was actually taking care of his wife was really really sick, and he had been on the phone with her trying to work out. The days that she went different places, like she would, she's part of like a bowling league, mm-hmm. and he was telling her like, "Hey, tell me the mm-hmm. exact days so I can tell the lawyers and we can try and work it out." I doubt they'll let me do it. Like, let me take you there, but let's see. Yeah. And so the lawyers and the judge felt like he was going to try and break his parole, so they upped the mm-hmm. bail to a million dollars. And he made it. How, what did he put up his house or something? I think yeah. I think in it did business, say it maybe? was the business in the house. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he denies everything. He pleads not guilty, obviously, and he's going to live at home for the whole two-week-long trial. He's It's obviously kind of like house arrest. And November 9th, they're set to come back with a verdict. The jury is sent to deliberation, and they actually get word, not the jury, but like the lawyers and everything, get word that 
Terrence Miller had killed himself with a 22 caliber gun, handgun. <laughs> Which, like, how did they miss that? And they can't test that gun because they don't have any Because bullet. we're missing the bullet. bullet. Yeah. yeah. And, so they could have tested that gun, but nope. Yeah. And, and it's funny because the, the sheriff, even though it's closed... The sheriff still wants info from anyone who knew him. Right. They want to know about about if he had any guns and, and where he worked and, and that kind of thing. Right. Also, they they were interested in the bridle for a horse. I guess there might have been some information. He, they, they just want to know if anybody else knew him at the time. Uh, so I, I, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. I mean, at the time in 1972. Right, right. So. Uh, but, 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 okay. So he kills himself right as the jury is kind of going into deliberation they don't tell the jury they let the jury yeah. continue their deliberation and mm-hmm. they allow the jury to read the sentence mm-hmm. and they do find him guilty yep so i thought that was pretty interesting there was a lot of back and forth and scrambling between the prosecutors and defense and family members trying to decide whether or not to allow the jury's mm-hmm. deliberation cuz isn't there a law about like if you're if you're dead and like you're accused of a crime or something, they can't charge you with it or something. Or like if you die, the charges get or something. Y- you're like that. asking a, a legal question, but but I thought I've heard of something it, like, about on a TV it, show. It, it's something about that you have to have the body, right? You have to have you have to be there in in court, right, to be able to face your accuser, I, you know. And then it's going to de- depend on this each state, probably. We'll have to, find oh, we'll have to look that, that we'll have up. We'll have to look it up. Yeah. The defense was funny because they said. The DNA on the boot was dubious, and the lab's procedures caused a miscarriage of justice. The forensic scientists were sloppy. Um, what? Yeah, and they they caused a cover up and and or covered up results, um, and failed to have the supervisor review their work. They they, they would what? just they would just throw in stuff at, at well. Remember, I mean, like, so hey, remember, so, there's evidence missing. So, so go ahead. Yeah, 2018. I'd say that, but... The other thing that's going to happen over the years, too, is lawyers are going to get better at defending against the genetic genealogy and and DNA. Well, do you remember I told you uh, the state that I live in? I think I mentioned this on the podcast a few episodes. We've already set some laws in motion in Maryland uh, for genetic genealogy, and they've, they've made it pretty... They, they've, they're allowing it, but they're making it... You have to have, like... They have there has to be audits every year on mm-hmm. these cases. They have they're they're yeah. coming in and doing double checking, and there it can only be for certain things. And you'll probably only see that's, public, the, fir- that's the first. You'll state probably only see public defenders do these kind of cases, right? Because mm-hmm. some some expensive lawyer, defense lawyer, like they're probably pretty smart now. If they know this case is coming coming their way, and it's all going to be about DNA. I mean, what do you do? You ask your client, "Hey, look." I'm gonna send you over for DNA, and if it comes back positive, you leave my office. You're out of here. You know what I mean? So, it's, yeah. oh, you know what? That's that. Yeah, it's going to shift how people feel about mm-hmm. defense lawyers. It's gonna. It's well, gonna no, maybe make, you can't. You can't. Well, maybe make it's gonna maybe make some defense lawyers not necessarily take those cases where no, they. No, it'll think make it could private be. ones. You still, yeah. there's still public defenders. Which What's I mean, private? Have an obligation, yeah, yeah. Have an obligation to. To get you well, the best I trial mean, and like, everything, yeah. You know, like the yeah. fancy lawyers that's in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, what like, I ju- that's what I said. It'll probably just be public defenders taking these. T- I don't know. That's that'll just, be interesting. That's just me. Because um, they have to. Yeah, that's just me um, guessing there. Okay, so. 
it's always interesting to talk about yeah. the genetic genealogy and like make speculations and yeah you know brian always says we chose to do the podcast at a great time in history with mm-hmm. dna for us to have all yeah. these but i'm wondering to i, I want to look that up see if i can find anything about uh, like warrants i wonder if down the road if it's going to become such good science that mm. it can be probable cause probably i don't see why not I get, like you said, it's going to take... I'm talking about the genealogy piece, right? Right, right, right. right yeah. But Obviously, like you, like you said, cr- it's going to take one police officer going to a judge saying, look what I have, right. especially when it's it's going to take an only child, mm-hmm. an only per you know, like a single, like mm-hmm. nano labs are going to do their test and it's going to come back instead of six people, it's yeah. one person. And so the police officer is going to say, look, this one person, it's only one person that could have matched. Uh-huh. And the judge is going to say, yep, and there's your precedent set right there. So, All right. Good one. Good job. Oh, really? Was it a good one? Yeah, it was a Funny good one. Funny how you say that at the end of every <laughs> single episode, too. <laughs> I don't even know how to end it now. You've, you've thrown off my whole groove. Okay. All right, guys. That is the end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you are enjoying listening to us, again, we appreciate and love all of the support and reviews and ratings on apple so go ahead and head over to apple podcast and give us a rate and review please you can follow us on instagram at true crime archives podcast and we're also on twitter at tc archives pod and that's where we'll be for all of the updates yeah all right later talk to you guys next week Mm